On today's show, we're going to be exploring each of the different asset classes and investments you can make as retail investors. We're going to discuss some key tips that will help investors like you and me, and we'll finish the show by talking about my personal investments and the justification for my so-called strategy. This episode is perfect for those who perhaps are aware of the different asset classes and different investments, but aren't sure how you can apply them in your investing journey. It's also a great way for you to learn which asset classes and which investing strategies might be right for you, given your risk appetite as we discussed last week. We hope you guys enjoy this week's episode of the Money Ed podcast. Money Ed is an education platform for young adults who want to better understand personal finance and gain greater confidence in managing their money. Each week we'll address the important topics within personal finance that really matter to you in an informative yet easy to listen to approach. The best way to improve your personal finance is through education and we want to provide a place where you can learn outside of the classroom, office or lecture hall. So what is going on guys? Welcome back to episode three of our latest series, Exploring the World of Investing and welcome back to the Money Ed podcast. I think I should first apologise because this is probably the first late episode I've ever done. Um, I was quite unwell over the weekend and sadly has carried on into this week. Um, do not worry, it is not covid I'm not showing any COVID symptoms, Um, but yeah, you know, just feeling a bit under the weather. But I know you guys don't want to hear me talk about how I'm ill, so how about we just get straight into this week's episode, which is all about talking about the different assets and investments we can make as retail investors. We're also going to be talking a little bit about, you know, the sorts of important tips and things we need to include in our investing journey, because there are some things that we, as a long-term investor, as someone who's trying to generate wealth and increase their wealth. There are just some things you should really, really do all the time. Um, and at the end of the show, we're also going to talk a little bit about my personal investing because I want to be as transparent with you guys. And look, I'm not, I'm not spending thousands of thousands of pounds investing. It's literally just, you know, going to talk about what I think is the right things to invest in, looking forward, and why, and my justification for it. So that's this week, guys. Before we start, as always, if you missed last week's episode, which is all on risk, I would definitely have a look at that because I think risk is one of the most important parts of our investing journey and understanding risk can help us understand what investments are appropriate for us to make. So if you missed that, I will leave the link in the show notes below, as always. Um, if you guys have any questions about today's show or any of the previous shows, you can get in touch with us via email or on Instagram at the Money Ed Podcast. And finally, guys, if you're listening to our podcasts, we would love it if you love it, love it if you left us a review. Because there are more reviews we get, the more people will see the show and hopefully benefit from what we're talking about. And you know, investing is a very can often be seen as very complicated, but we want to show you guys that it isn't complicated and can be easily understood by all. So. Without further ado, let's get into this week's episode and start looking at, you know, some of the different assets and investments we can make as young investors. So I thought the best way of tackling this episode was simply just to talk about the different asset classes and different investments we can make in terms of what I think are, you know, the most most popular and also the ones that are most important to us. So I thought I'd start off by talking about one of the most common types of assets that retail investors invest in, and that is equities. And... For those of you who have listened to the previous shows, I've mentioned equities before. These are simply shares in a company. So when you buy and invest in a company, you own a share. So you are you are you are literally you own a part of the company. And 
in owning part of the company, you also own a portion of their earnings, so their income, how much they earn. And because of that, you you're involved in this company. So when someone says oh, I invest, I'm, I'm, I'm investing in Amazon or Google, it means they're literally buying shares in Amazon or Google. And so why do we do this? Well, we we simply buy shares in companies because we think they're going to grow, they're going to generate increased income over the coming years, and they're going to bring us a return. So they're going to bring us shareholder return. Because when you buy a share of a company, you're known as a shareholder. And within equities, there are loads and loads and loads of different types of companies you can buy. And they're all broken down into you know, different sectors, different classes, different sizes, that sort of thing. So you can invest in companies based on their size or their market capitalization, which is the value of um, all their outstanding shares. So, for example, in the news recently, there's been a lot of talk about how Apple are now have a market capitalization of two trillion dollars, and that basically means that is the cost or the the worth of all their shares in in existence times by the cost or the price of their share. So, you can invest in companies based on their market capitalization. You can invest in companies based on their geography. So, you can invest if you maybe want to focus on companies in China or India or Australia, you know. You can invest in companies based on what sector they're in. So, you can invest in technology companies. You can invest in mining companies. You can invest in supermarkets, you know. You can, you know, consumer goods. You know, equities are broken down into all sorts of different things. And the whole, the whole kind of idea is that you have the option to invest in a wide range of companies based on what you like you know maybe you don't like buying big corporate greedy conglomerates so you'd rather invest in the smaller guys you can invest in small cap or mid cap companies which are you know these are companies categorized based on their market capitalization so for example a company like Ocado you know a small online grocery a company are going to be have a smaller market cap than say Google who are you know worth a trillion dollars or something like that you know so that's the sort of thing the kind of difference in in different different equities and the reason why it's important to understand you know what equities you want to invest in is because with different equities comes a certain level of risk and we discussed this last week you know each you know each asset has a different risk and your risk appetite is based on which companies you're willing to invest in because a company like coca-cola who is a global company who has earns billions in in income are likely to be less risky than investing in a small tech company that doesn't have as much uh, earnings but you know is really exciting for example it's in like electric vehicles you know so as we spoke about last week you invest in these different companies because um, they are less risky. If you're more risk averse, you don't want to take on as much risk. You invest in these bigger companies, but also because you like the business. You know, you like the fact that Coca-Cola provides loads of drinks and snacks and food to people all around the world. They're quite sustainable. They support, you know, the kind of supply chain that they they, they operate on. So you think, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to invest in Coca-Cola. On the other hand, you might be uh, more willing to take on risk, and so you'll say, oh, you know what. Electric vehicles is going to be a, a massive sector going forward. It's not that developed yet, but I'm going to invest in this company because they could grow a lot. And this kind of, you know, you think about, you have all these different things and considerations you need to make when investing in a company. 
And from those considerations and those different factors and the reasons why, you will then be able to make a decision as to whether you want to invest your money into that company. And equities, I think, are one of the most common uh, ways of investing because, you know, there are companies all over the world that we know that we can see on a day-to-day basis and we can see if they're doing well. That's the thing. You don't need to be a professional investor to invest in companies because, you know, you can see every day. If, you know, you can see that Apple is doing really well and you could see that in 2008 when smartphones began. They were the leader. So it would have made sense to invest in Apple in 2008. Obviously, you know, there aren't many people who could probably say they did do that. But, you know, if you did, you'd be a very rich person right now. Um, so that's, you know, that's equities. Doesn't have to be complicated. Really simple breakdown. Equities are simply companies that you can invest in. The next investment I thought we'd look at and the next kind of asset that I think is arguably one of the most important to retail investors is or what are known as funds. And funds are simply a collection of assets pulled together um, in one investment vehicle. And the reason funds are so great is because often, you know, investors like you and me, we don't have the expertise to invest in one company. We don't have the knowledge as to why a company might be good or a different asset might be good to invest in. And what funds do is they they have fund managers who, who are experts and they will invest, they will select a basket of companies that they think are worth investing in. And the fund owns those companies. So the fund still buys shares in that company. Then you invest in the fund yourself. So through the fund, you are then investing in all these underlying investments owned by the fund. And the great thing about funds is that it doesn't just have to be equities. And it can be equities, it can be fixed income, it can be currencies, you know, it can be it can be loads of different things. And the good, the good thing about investing in funds is that it brings about a certain amount of diversification. And when you diversify, so when you own a greater number of assets, you are more likely to reduce your risk. And that's a massive, again, as you can guys tell, I'm always referring back to risk because it's one of the most important considerations when it comes to investing. And the thing, so as I said, with funds, you can invest in all sorts. So you can invest in a fund of large cap companies, you can invest in a fund of Chinese small cap companies, you can invest in a fund of English cloud computing companies, although there aren't that many. Um, you know, like the, the the kind of, you have almost like an endless limit of possibilities that you can invest in. And that's the brilliant thing about funds. And, you know, on most platforms, you can find thousands of thousands of different funds to invest in. But when deciding which fund to invest in, again, you need to look at, you know, think about the considerations and why you invest, you're, why you're investing in certain funds, you know. Let's say, again, let's say you're investing in an electric vehicles fund. The likelihood is that that fund will invest in a number of different companies that create or work with electric vehicles. And you've said, you know, I think electric vehicles are going to be really popular going forward. So I want to invest in that fund because I think the underlying companies are going to benefit and grow. So yeah, if you have the if you have the belief and you have the conviction, then you should go for it. Also, what's brilliant about funds is that they don't just they can be very very diverse in what they invest in. So it might you know some funds just invest in fifteen or twenty companies. Some funds invest in two to three hundred companies. Some funds invest in thousands of companies, and that's the beauty of them. You know, there's such a wide variety that there's almost going to be a fund tailored for your specific needs for your specific risk needs but also specifically what you want to invest in 
The one thing you have to remember about funds though is that because they are professionally managed, they do come with a lot of fees, a lot of charges. So generally you'll have what's called an ongoing charge, which is basically a charge or a fee, a percentage fee that you pay every year. Um, and it can range from anything from, you know, 0.1% to 2% sort of thing. And that's basically you're being charged that fee because the manager is basically doing the work for you and he needs to earn a month, he needs to earn a living. And so you're investing your money in the fund and then he is choosing which companies to invest in. He's basically doing all the work for you. And so he deserves to be compensated for that. And, you know, different managers, different companies charge different fees. Um, but that's the one thing you need to look out for because fees will eat into the performance and the return you get over time. So the difference, I, I can't remember the statistics exactly, but there is, a, there is even such a difference between investing in a fund that has a 1% charge versus a 0.5% charge. It doesn't sound a lot, but when you think about compounding it over a long period of time, you're gonna actually, you're, it's gonna eat into your returns over time. So you do need to be careful with that. But generally they're all quite low. And at the moment, you know, we're not investing that much money. You know, at the start of our careers, we're not actually investing large sums of money. So the effect fees have is probably, uh, you know, minimized a little bit. But it's still something to consider alongside all the other things when looking at funds. The next one, next investment we're gonna talk about is a different type of fund. It's still a fund, but it's what's known as an exchange traded fund. And this is a fund that is traded like a stock, but it tracks an index or a selection of assets. You know, much like equities and much like funds, you can have ETFs, you know, exchange traded funds, also known as ETFs. You can have ETFs that track anything you like. And, you know, they're, they are different, you know, to normal funds because they're what's called, they're, they're passively managed. So... This basically means the fund manager, the fund managers who manage these ETFs, they don't actually make that take that many that many actions. Unlike a fund manager who is an active investor, an active manager, they make lots of decisions every day, every week, every month, and they're very active in their investing. Whereas a passive investor, a passive fund is the opposite. You know, they might they might make changes once every every half year might they might make changes once every quarter but the amount of changes they make is a lot less and because of this because the manager isn't doing as much work the fees generally for ETFs are much lower and that's good because it means over time your investment is not going to be your, the growth of your investment isn't going to be affected as much this is one of you know the main reasons why ETFs are so popular is because they are very cheap but also ETFs generally track indexes. So for those of you who don't know, an index is usually a collection of investments that are, that are owned or that is run on a, on a stock exchange. So for example, one of the most common indexes in the UK is the FTSE 100. This is the 100 largest companies in the UK. And there'll be an ETF that tracks the FTSE 100. So instead of you having to buy every single company on the FTSE 100, you can invest in this ETF, which will then give you exposure to 100 companies. And literally, it just tracks the performance of the FTSE 100. So if your idea of investing is to invest in, you know, the, the, you know, the biggest companies in the UK, but you don't know which ones are the best ones, or you don't know which ones you prefer to invest in, you can choose this ETF that tracks the FTSE 100, and then it does all the work for you. And again, it's 
very easy to do you don't it doesn't require that much effort and it's a lot cheaper so whereas there's likely to be an active fund manager who will try and invest in 20 or 30 of the best companies in the FTSE 100 you may be charged more for that because he's doing more work you know investing and choosing and analyzing the best companies whereas what you could do is you could invest in an ETF which tracks the 100 biggest companies which means you're going to get those 30 best companies anyway but you're also going to get the other 70 companies and so that's what ETFs give you they give you usually give you a much better you know diversification which lowers your risk and ETFs generally are you know a lot are a lot riskier because of that diversification benefit you can still have risky ETFs if you're investing in you know riskier sectors so for example you can invest in an ETF that tracks cloud computing companies and obviously this is quite a new industry um, a new sector but equally a sector that has potential for high growth so you take on a higher risk because you're hoping to get a higher return and that's what etfs can bring you the next asset class i thought i'd talk about is what's called fixed income and this is when you invest in debt so the debt is kind of owed by companies and the reason people invest in fixed income generally is because they are very low risk and they are more or less guaranteed return this is because when companies have to pay off their debts um, when, when say if a company goes you know goes into bankruptcy or goes into liquidation the debtors are the people that will always be paid first and so if you own the company debt you're going to be paid first whereas if you're a shareholder you might not be paid first and you might not actually get the full return of your money and fixed income you know as it says as I, as I said earlier because they're a lot lower risk they generally earn you a lower return and there's again much like equities there are so many different um, fixed income assets you can invest in so you can invest in government debt which again is depending on which government you're investing in is can be risk-free so for example if you're investing in uh, u.s treasuries which is a u.s form of debt they are generally referred to as risk-free because the you know the, the u.s government are not going to default on their debts you would hope in contrast though if you invest in another in a country like italy where the government have defaulted on the debts before and they are much more likely to there is more risk therefore that you're taking on so you're actually going to get a better return or a better yield as you know that's that's kind of what investors refer to fixed income returns as a yield and so again you can invest in sovereign debt government debt you can invest in the debt of companies you can and again this is much like equities you're 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 investing in this debt um because you think a company's are going to survive over the long term so you think okay i'll lend i'll lend this person this company some money and then i'll get a return for that the risk there though obviously is that if the company does go bankrupt or does fail you might not get the full amount of your return but that is you know a whole other kind of discussion because within debt within fixed income there is a high yield debt which is as it says you get a higher yield because these companies you're investing in have there's less there there's more risk involved in them and they're more likely to default on their investments which basically means you won't get your your money back so you may be wondering you know you know what's the difference between fixed income and equities then because you know if you're investing in these uh in fixed income you know what's the difference well with fixed income you're not actually you're not 
actually buying part of the company you're lending the company money so unlike an equity where you you get a return based on their performance with when you're you know investing in fixed income and you're lending this company money you don't get a say on the returns you don't get any of the return they make or any of the earnings but what you do get is you get a guaranteed you get that guaranteed yield you know every quarter every month and that is your return so that's kind of the main difference in terms of the return you get the kind of return you make from these two different assets because when you say when when you're talking about fixed income or when you say you're investing in fixed income you're not actually investing in the company you're actually lending the company money but for lending that money you get a yield you get a return back so that's one of the main things you need to think about but as i said generally fixed income fixed income is considered lower risk um definitely compared to equities but within fixed income there are different levels of risk and again depending on your risk appetite you will be able to decide which you know which which kind of area of fixed income is right for you my personal opinion is that as young retail investors we don't need to invest in fixed income i feel like i think fixed income is very much a an area of investment in which it's more focused on kind of professional institutional investors because they have um you know legal and fiduciary rights to protect their 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 kind of investors and their clients and they do this by investing in these lower risk uh, investments and it's all about kind of diversification but I'll talk about that a bit later in the show because I'll I'll go into that when discussing my own strategy. So another, you know, another area of investing and another investment that people can make is currencies and more specifically CFD. So basically day trading. And I know what you guys are going to say. I've read a lot, you know, I see a lot of bad stuff about day trading because it is very risky. You know, like 90% of people lose money day trading. I've lost money day trading. Um, But... I read a book recently, actually, which talks about how if you allocate, you know, some of your spare money to day trading and you actually dedicate some time towards doing it. And by the way, I mean a small allocation. I mean, literally kind of like five or 10 percent of your your kind of portfolio value, which right now probably isn't a lot for you guys, um, especially isn't for me. But if you dedicate some time to learning how to do it, you can actually make decent money on it. And as I said, I've made money doing day trading. I've also lost money day trading. So it is very risky. Um, But it's certainly something that if you're more interested in it, definitely, I would definitely explore it. Um, It does have a terrible reputation because of all the day trading bros on Instagram and all these Forex scams and things like that. But if it's something you're actually interested in, you can make money on it. And so I would definitely say explore it. Um, And it is quite exciting as well. Um, but it is risky and you know there are apps nowadays like trading 212 robin hood if you know america that really do make it they don't they make it almost a game they do make it feel like a game and that's where it can be risky because you start depositing money and then if you lose money you try to make it back and you lose more essentially like gambling and you know we've seen a massive rise in day traders you know during lockdown because because it's 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 been kind of exciting it's been a volatile time there's been a lot of up and down in in the markets and so people have jumped on that to try and make some money some quick money and that's the thing with day trading it it has this aura of this appeal of making quick money but it's not so it's definitely something to explore if you're interested in it um it does have a bad reputation but definitely another area of investment that as young investors you can look at the last area investment I was going to talk about and just briefly touch on is an you know an asset class known as alternatives. 
and alternatives is quite broad because it covers lots of different types of assets different types of investments you know it can cover private equity it can cover hedge fund it covers real estate you know there's a lot of there's a within alternatives there's a big branch and i didn't really have time to explore each one of those in particular but if you're looking for you know different you know different types of investments other than your kind of your classic investments we've spoken about so far looking at the alternative sector is quite an interesting way of doing it because within investing there is a wide big world of you know all sorts of different types of investing you know you can trade derivatives which is basically an investment which invests in an underlying asset and it's super complicated i've done a lot of reading and i just don't really understand it but things like that you can do options trading you can as i said you can invest in hedge funds which can invest in companies they can invest in currencies. you can do all sorts of things and it's quite an interesting area if you do want to find some more diverse you know assets more diverse investment opportunities i would again alternative is something i only came across when i started working in in the kind of financial world um i'd obviously heard of real estate and hedge funds and things like that but as a sector as an asset class i'd never really come across it so it was very interesting to me but you know if you want to mix up your portfolios if you want to mix up your investing then do it you know i think it's really interesting and you can find some really really cool cool um you know investment opportunities i would also include within alternatives you know startups and kind of enterprise investment schemes i have also i've personally invested in in eis before and again it's super super exciting um so that's definitely something to explore so you know now we've you know looked at some of the assets i thought i would just go through some tips and some kind of strategies that i think are super important to always 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 apply when you are investing you know the the, the first thing i want to say um and i i hope i really hope you guys understood you know the first half of the the show because investing doesn't have to be complicated and also investing doesn't require you spending hours researching how to effectively allocate your money or you know how to effectively analyze a company while it's good to understand the different asset classes that we've discussed today you don't actually have to use all of them as i've said and you don't have to you know invest in each different asset class to successfully grow your wealth one of the first and most important tips i would say is you have to prepare yourself before you start investing as we spoke about on previous shows your investing journey actually begins before you invest any money you know before you start you need to identify exactly how much money you can invest you know you don't want to invest money that you might need in the next year or so you know so you want to be investing money that you're not going to need for you know five ten years you want to ensure that you have money saved up to cover any sudden expenses and this is you know things like your emergency fund and you need to understand exactly why you're investing and what your goals are you know do you want an income or do you want you know to invest to grow your money and finally don't complicate things invest in what you know you know there's no point in investing in complicated assets that require hours of research when you can make things really a lot easier for yourself a famous investor called peter lynch wrote a, wrote a book called one up on wall street um i've read it like it's a great book it's it's really good if you want to get the insight into you know the mind of a billionaire investor and i would rec- personally recommend that everyone reads it if they're actually interested in financial markets 
But in the book, you know, the main point he wants you to take away is that as, you know, as consumers, as, you know, as we're living our day-to-day lives, we're actually researching companies every day simply by going into shops and looking around at what you, your friends or other people are spending their money on. You know, I made the example earlier, but if you take Apple, the first iPhone came out in 2007 and, you know, by 2008, the, the rise of smartphones was quite clear and, you know, before long, iPhones were the most popular smartphone in the world. If you did, if you'd thought that and, you know, thought ahead and thought, actually, you know, these guys are actually doing quite a good job. So if you'd invested in Apple in 2008, you would have gotten a 1,800% on return on your investment today. 1,800%, that's quite a lot of money. That's quite a lot of a return. Of course, you know, in hindsight, it's really easy to say this. Um, but as I said, you know, if you'd been aware of how many people were buying Apple hardware and how popular they were, you might have thought that actually that was a company worth investing in. So, you know, look at some of the companies today that you just notice on a day-to-day basis that are growing. You never know. They might they might be, you know, the next big thing. Who knows? So that's why I definitely it was one of the main points is prepare before you start. Secondly, we should always be investing for the long term. Remember that, you know, we're, you know, we're at the start of our professional careers. We're 18, 19, 20, some of us maybe 25, you know, oldies. <laughs> um, we have our whole life to invest. And coupled with that, you know, you should be thinking long term. You know, when investing, you want to focus on assets that you think will increase in value over the long, you know, over the long run. You know, think about what the big trends are going to be going forward. You know, think about what big companies are going to continue to be popular going forward. As retail investors, we have the benefit of, you know, not being accountable to anyone other than ourselves. And, you know, we can think, you know, 10, 15 or 20 years into the future when investing in companies. If you look at financial markets today and in comparison, you know, professional and institutional investors, you know, need to report their investments on a quarter to quarter basis and are constantly scrutinized. And this no doubt influences how they invest and their ability to invest. So just remember, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. Don't think about making money quickly. You know, investing is there to help you grow and generate wealth over the long term. So try to avoid all the short term noise and just look for investments that you think are going to grow in the long run. Thirdly, don't try and be a professional investor. You know, as I just discussed, you know, you don't need to try, you know, and and beat the market, you know, on a quarter by quarter basis. All you need to do is consistently invest your money into assets you believe will increase in value. You know, one of the big things you hear people say is, oh, you know, I'm going to wait till there's a dip in the market. You know, while it does make sense to try and invest when assets, you know, are cheaper, the reality is that we don't really do it. You know, we're... If you say that, you're essentially trying to time the market and timing the market, you know, never really ends well. Just listening now and, you know, maybe some of you did, but how many of you invested, you know, were thinking about investing and said, oh, I'm going to invest in March. I'm going to invest when markets are falling at the fastest rate in history. The chances are that you probably didn't because no one really knew how much further prices would fall. And so you don't want to invest in in a market that's falling out of that pace because who knows when it's going to stop no one really knew instead what you should do is you should adopt a process called dollar cost averaging dollar cost averaging is the process of consistently investing your money at regular intervals regardless of the price this way you may buy an asset over the course of six months you may buy it at 20 pounds but you also might buy it at 15 or 10 pounds and so over the course of your investing life, you'll therefore have an average price you've paid for the asset and it'll be somewhere in between those varied prices. 
One of the most important things you have to remember and something that I'm sure I'll say again, time in the market is better than timing the market. Okay, remember that. I'm going to say it again. Time in the market is better than timing the market. Just to re-emphasize that, I've actually got a really interesting stat here. Um, between January 1999 and December 2018, so that's over 7,300 days, if you missed just 10 of those days in the market, the value of your investments and the return generated would be half. 10 days out of 7,300 and the value of investment is half. I mean, that's like, that is ridiculous if you think, if you just think about it. So how, like, how do you know which days? How do you know which 10 days they're going to be? Simply, you don't. And there's no way you could know. So there's no point trying to time the market. Just spend more time in it. And look, you're, you and me were just, you know, young people, just retail investors. People spend millions, companies spend millions and millions and millions of pounds hiring professionals to try and do this job to try and time the market and generate as much return as it can. And even they can't do it well. You know, 90, I think it's 95% of professional fund managers don't beat the market. So if you just, in, as I spoke about earlier, if you just invested in an ETF that tracked the FTSE 100 or the S&P 500 for 10 years, you would have beaten, you would have gotten a better performance than 95% of professional managers. So time in the market is more important than timing the market. I'm going to keep saying that. But also on kind of a slightly side note, the reason why time in the market is important is because then you can benefit from compounding and your money will grow over time at a compound rate and generate more. And we all know how important compounding is to generating wealth. So that's another reason. Your money is going to compound over a lot longer and just grow exponentially so time in the market is better than timing the market okay the final point i want to make before i talk about my personal strategy is diversification and i've spoken about this earlier when discussing the different assets it's always important and it can be really beneficial to invest your money in a range of assets because when you diversify you or you inherently reduce your risk so investing all of your money in one company is much more risky than investing in 20 companies or in an ETF that tracks the FTSE 100, as I said, investing in 100 companies. And again, you can diversify by country, by sector, by company size, by asset class, you know, and so on. And don't be afraid to mix it up. You know, the reason it's important is because sometimes, you know, when one company does well, another company might do badly. So, for example, when if you if you think about what's just happened in financial markets and in because of COVID, what's happened is all of the technology companies or a lot of the big technology companies have done really well, but a lot of airline companies have done really badly. So, if you'd invested in one airline company and one tech company, your the return made would have leveled out because the falls in the airline company would have been mitigated by the increase in the tech companies. If you'd invested all your money in tech companies, obviously you would have gotten a lot of return. If you'd invested all your money in airlines, you would have gotten a big, big, big loss. So that's the that's the thing about diversification is it averages out the performance of all your assets to then give you 
you know your your average performance and when you invest in different assets you make it you make it a greater chance of there being you know less volatility and less falls but also less increases so that's those are the kind of key tips i would make i'm just going to remind you of those so prepare before you start investing invest for the long run don't try and be a professional investor and diversify so those are you know some so we've spoken about you know the assets that i think are really important for us we've spoken about some of the key tips that i think you have to remember as a retail investor and now for just to finish off i'm gonna probably embarrass myself slightly and talk about what we should invest in and what i'm investing in at the moment so i don't want to bore you with what my method is because I don't really have an investing method, so to speak. I don't have a set strategy, um, but I think it's often really good to understand what other people are investing in and also why other people are investing in these companies. So for me, I do mix it up a fair bit. Um, I see the value in investing in lots of different things. I'm a really keen investor myself, um, and I see the value in investing loads of different assets for the reasons I've spoken about already. So I own... A number of ETFs which track certain markets because they're lower cost and they're lower risk and as I said it provides you with you know broad investments over the long term generating a consistent return but at the same time there are also I've also identified a number of companies that I think are going to benefit in the long run and so I've specifically allocated a bit of money a bit of my money to invest in those companies specifically the reason I do this is because I have conviction i have the belief that these companies are actually going to grow faster than the etfs that i'm investing in so for example amazon and google are two companies i've invested in specifically because i believe their growth and the return they, they generate is going to be greater than than if i was just to invest in a broad etf or you know index so and i'm also looking to open another a, a number of other positions within the you know the next few weeks few months as you know my paychecks keep coming in um but yeah so i have that i do the etfs i do the individual companies i have a bit of money saved in a cfd account a day trading account which i undertake speculative trades and here specifically i shorted i opened a short position so i basically bet that the stock price is going to fall i shorted wirecard which was the german payment services company which was then found to be fraudulent um, and also more recently Nikola because they actually were found to be they had a, low, a pretty scathing report on them which saw their price their, their share price fall down so yeah I mean CFD again day trading I actually lost money on both those investments but I also made money so again it's risky but I believe those were those companies were going to be negatively affected by the information that come out so I couldn't I couldn't, you know, short them. I couldn't bet against them without, you know, operating, opening the CFD account. So that's what I did. And I still believe I did that made the right decision. So I'm happy with that. And I had the conviction to do that. And the amount of money I put in the, this CFD account is is minimal. Um, but I will emphasize, and I will say this, day trading is not investing. Day trading is purely speculation. Um and so I was literally speculating, I was betting more or less on the stock price to go down based on what I'd read. So that is not investing. So if you're a day trader, you are not an investor. Just don't get that mixed up. 
And finally, I've also invested in startups. So through crowdfunding, you know, EIS camp, you know, enterprise investment schemes. So through this, I've invested in Moneybox, which is the UK fintech app, which helps you save and invest your money. Um, again, because these are small startups, um, I personally believe that they're it's going to grow and it's got a really good product. Um, so as you can really, as you can sort of tell, you know, there's it's quite an eclectic mix of different investments. But I do, you know, hope to grow my portfolio as, you know, as I as I get older, as I have more money to invest. And I know I'm, I'm sure a lot of you are probably thinking what what I invest in is probably quite risky. Um, but my personal view is that I don't mind taking on risk right now. You know, my view is that I'm young and I want to invest in companies that I believe will grow at a faster rate over the next five to ten years. I'm happy to take on that additional risk because I know that in the long run, I'm investing in companies that are going to grow and will eventually bring me a greater return. You know, it's it's important to understand, you guys, I'm not investing large sums of money. You know, this is just my own personal, you know, my own personal investment portfolio and probably doesn't even top a thousand pounds. And I want to be transparent with you guys because I don't want you guys to think that I'm, you know, some mega investor at, at you know, such a young age. You know, this is, isn't a lot of money, but I'm still adopting the same thought process and the same strategies as I would be if I was investing £100 or, you know, £10,000, just because that's my personal view. It's also super important for me to emphasize that I also do have an emergency fund. I do have money saved up for when something goes wrong because I know that I don't want to touch these investments. I don't want to have to draw down on my investments, you know, to in case something goes wrong. So I do have money saved up. And that is one of the key tips I said to you guys before. And one thing I'll always emphasize is make sure you have an emergency fund of money saved up in case something goes wrong. Because as I, the worst thing you want to do is draw down, your, you know, take away from your investments and then lose the growth that you've already generated. And of course, I know that what you should invest in and what you choose to invest in depends a lot on so many factors. So I'm not going to tell you to try to tell you guys what to invest in. Um, I've just tried to give you an idea of what I invest in and what sort of assets are good and what sort of things you need to think about, you know, and always remember when investing. But I hope that, you know, hearing my investments and hearing, you know, why I hold these sorts of investments and different assets makes you think about your own investing position. You know, as I said, I'm, I'm young and so I have a very long time horizon. I'm not committing a lot of money and so I'm happy to take on that additional risk in order to generate better growth. I have no doubt that my view will change as I invest more money and as my personal situation changes. And it's also important important to let you guys know that I do not think this is the best way to invest. In fact, I don't believe there is a best way to invest because it's literally so different for everyone. Um, so you can't say one strategy or one style is best because... It depends on what you want to do. You know, I always I remember in previous series, I always used to harp on the fact that personal finance is personal to you. And it literally applies now as well, because however you want to invest, however, whatever companies you want to invest in, whatever, however much risk you want to take on is completely personal to you. You should not follow what someone else does, what someone else does. You can learn and, you know, take, you know, take tips from them and suggestions but don't just fully copy them because at the end of the day, it's not going to really be what you want. So all I would say is if you're interested and want to understand what might be best for you, you know, do some reading, you know, explore different topics, you know, speak to different people, 
And you might then be able to identify which method of investing and which assets are best for you. You know, we've got things like Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, maybe not Facebook, but Twitter and LinkedIn, I would say, are the best resources for speaking to people, reaching out to professionals and just getting their insight, especially Twitter. Um, I've, I've said it before to my mates and he kind of laughed at me, but finance Twitter is so powerful because you've got these professionals who maybe act under aliases and just share wealth and wealth of information and you can learn from it and it's literally there at your fingertips so don't be afraid to reach out and ask questions and don't certainly don't be afraid don't feel embarrassed because you don't know something you know i want to help you we want to help you here at money ed and you know we're just one of the places you can reach out to and you know just ask us questions obviously legally can't give you advice because i just can't <laughs> um but i can talk we can talk to you guys and we can understand your situation and maybe try to help you find a invest investments that work for you so yeah that is this week's episode and i think it's a quite a good place for, to finish i hope you've enjoyed the, the show i hope you kind of took some value from it and you know be it learning about the different asset classes you can invest in perhaps hearing my sort of investing strategy made you think differently about what you can invest in and you know whatever whatever it was i hope you enjoyed it and again i'm sorry it was late i'm sorry this is coming out you know monday monday evening tuesday morning um i just really didn't feel up for recording a show so i hope you guys forgive me won't happen again i promise um next week's show we're going to be looking at active investing versus passive investing i know i briefly touched discussed today but we're basically going to be looking at the pros and cons of it in detail and why active investing or passive investing may be better or worse for you so keep a look out for that one guys as always if you enjoyed the show let us know get in touch with us on instagram or you can email us and the links will be in the show notes below and yeah enjoy the rest of the week guys please follow the government's guidelines of not going out with more than six people it is to protect us i don't want to harp on about it because it is slightly frustrating i've had plans ruined but you know it's for our safety and hopefully it won't be too long so as always guys stay safe keep spending keep saving keep investing keep doing what you are doing and i will chat to you next week cheers